0: Record. I am recording. Yes, Rambo. How are we? I'm
1: alright. So how are you? Gone across the
0: pond for this one. In the box, we've gone across the yeah, pond. Yeah, mate. Right. Just fresh off the golf course, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm mate. Sure listen, the are going to kill you. <laughs> listen, mate. Thanks for coming on. Um, like I say, it's, um, we're struggling back here in terms of you know the boredom's getting the, uh, the better of people. I think everyone's locked up in their houses or apartments. And um, yeah, I just thought it'd be a good idea. Uh, start up this in the box channel. Just uh, yeah, I've, I've obviously explained it to you because I've asked you earlier uh, yesterday to uh, send me over your uh, star-studded uh, best eleven that you played with. Uh, first of all, um, before we get into that, how's things, mate? How's things state-side?
1: Yeah, we're all right. We're on uh, somewhat of a lockdown too. We're yeah. um, we're off until middle of April, uh, I've had ten days of isolation, so to speak. But I mean, you can still go about and, and do your days, daily business, you know, just come off the golf course, keeping me a little no, bit fine, sane fine, with all these, fine, two, with these two kids running around. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we're all right, to be fair. Everything's okay. Um, it's just, obviously, trying to stay healthy and clean and away from as many people as I possibly can. Um, apart from that, yeah, it's all right. It was a bit gotten as well because we literally just started one game into our season and then we're on lockdown. So, oh, was
0: it only one game? Yeah, I knew it, I knew it, it
1: only just starting. It was only one game. Yeah, yeah we played the first game against Portland Timbers 2. 1-6-1. Um, literally yeah. came in Monday to do like a a regen session. Yeah, Train Tuesday and then we got the phone call saying, you know, the league's been suspended. So, boys oh, are a bit frustrated, as you can imagine. Just literally done six weeks of pre-season and now we're going to have to do another six weeks. Oh, okay. So. Sounds That's like weird, a,
0: sound, It's good. Good job. I'm not out there then. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent is your worst nightmare. <laughs> I I I used to uh, when I was out there. I used to play the Visa card, don't it? So like I miss pre se- miss a bit of preseason. But listen, <laughs> they must be they must be missing me over there in the Scots, though, don't they, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, the bars are shutting down, mate. Not just because of <laughs> coronavirus, because they've lost about 50% of their income from the Rune Dog. Not uh, me know, what,
0: speaking of that, it's, it's Friday night here. I don't, I don't want the uh, viewers to be uh, fooled. It's Friday night in uh, London. She's, uh, yeah. she's just done me a glass of red look. So. <laughs> 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 Something's never changed. Right, listen, that's, uh, that's all the niceties out of the way then. We'll, we'll get straight down to it, the reason why I'm calling and obviously the reason why I'm why I'm doing it. Before we get into it and start off with your goalkeeper, I just wanted to ask, like, it was obviously very tough for you, that goes without saying, how have you uh, named this team? Have you gone literally for, like, in your opinion, you know, you're thinking with your managers, your coaches head on, have you gone for, like, literally the best team you could put out there, best level?
1: No, so, I've literally gone with, like, the players who I thought were the best at the time, of me playing. There's probably one in there that isn't, and I'll explain later. Yeah, um, but playing, I've played with some unbelievable players, but they just at the, at the time that I played with them, maybe weren't at their best for one okay. reason or whatever. Yeah, that's fair so enough. So I yeah. basically I've gone for like uh, the the players who I thought, yeah, these like when I've played with, I thought Jesus, yeah, these are like top class, world top class, players. some of them top world league, class yeah. players. Um, yeah. Like I said, so it's it was a tough to sit down and really think because they've left some players out and some players that I still speak to now who are Incredible professionals, incredible players. But yeah, I try to, uh, I try to. Uh, that, the, the hardest thing was in my midfield, that's yeah, why I, I went 3 imagine. 5. Being a defender, it killed me, mate. I just want to have a flat back. <laughs> but, nah, it's of it's no, it's good, it's good, mate. So
0: yeah, you've gone with a 3 5 too. We will start off with your goalkeeper then. Where have you gone?
1: Yeah, Shay Shea was just, um, yeah, best I've played with. Yeah, I mean, it, record speaks to himself. I mean, over 400 games in Newcastle, um. He was—he won us points on his own, the saves he made. I mean, he's ne- he was not the biggest, similar to Paddy Kenny, who yeah. was a keeper who, uh, you know, it was hard to not name Paddy because Paddy was kind of similar, Irish yeah. as well, but it was the two of them. But Shea just, his whole round presence, uh, yeah. he was a leader, um, really was helpful for me, as was Steve Harper, another keeper who was tough to leave out. Them yeah. two kind of yeah. took it upon themselves when I was younger and coming through to... Um, make sure that I was best and ready prepared to go into Premier League games and uh, Shay's performances throughout my time playing like, in front of him was nothing short of breathtaking, some of them.
0: Yeah, of course, yeah. Just on that, it's obviously a good time that you mentioned Harper there because, you know, uh, Steve Harper was seen as, like, you know, a bit unlucky to, to miss out to Shay, Probably cost him a lot of appearances up, uh, up there. Um, I was just wondering, like, what, what do you think, like, no, excuse the pun, but you know why was he given? Why was he given the edge there, Shay? Like why? You no, know, you, you you obviously saw it at close quarters. Like um, why was why was Shay that 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 much better than or, you know? Or was he that much better than uh, even Harps?
1: Wasn't that was the thing? He wasn't much better than Harps. And no. it's a, it's a good question to be fair, and I don't and I don't really have an answer. Shay no. just Shay just performed. They, yeah. they, you know, in, like the plays, and you know, you keep your keep your jersey till you have a bad game. Well, Shay never yeah. had a bad game. No. The only time Shea never played was when he was either injured or suspended, you know. And uh, yeah. there was a period when Harps, Shea got a really bad injury. He was at West Ham away. He basically ruptured his, uh, his kidney or something like that. And he was out for, for three or four months, if not longer. And Harps came yeah. in and there was no difference. Yeah. Like, Harps was an incredible goalie. Um, yeah. They literally, they just, there was nothing to choose them apart. And I think Harps would have gone on and got England caps if he hadn't stayed loyal to being at Newcastle. I think yeah, he always harboured that hope that at one, at one moment that he would get his opportunity, that maybe Shea would uh, maybe move on because of obviously the situation in castle not really challenging, Yeah. For honest, that he might move on. And when he did, and go to Man City, Harps came in. But then Harps suffered because he had the emergence of Tim Krul as well. Yeah, cool. Um. But I mean, Harps it's funny, sorry, because like, when I made my debut, I made my debut against Olympiacos in the UEFA Cup and uh, it was like, with four or seven one up or something on aggregate, 25 minutes into the second half and Graham Tunis was the manager and turned around to Harps and said, go on, get yourself on. Have like the last half an hour and Hops was just like, nah, don't be stupid. Sit one of the kids on.
0: Yeah,
1: I went on, made my debut and it was one of the, one of the reasons Harps is now stuck in 199 appearances for Newcastle. And he's always like, he's always, he's always like wound me up about it saying he would love to have got a 200. Obviously it wasn't the one, like one appearance it cost him but he was there for like 16 years or something like that. But I'd always have a little bit of a banter with him that he's stuck in 199 appearances because
0: he gave me my debut. <laughs> oh, well, listen, at least he got things started for you anyway. Yeah. That's cool. Um, right, it is going to be a back three.
1: Yeah. Uh, Where we started. I went with Taylor. Yeah, I went with Stephen Taylor because literally yeah. I've known Taylor since I moved down to Newcastle when I was 11 years old. We went to the same middle school. Yeah. Um, came through the youth teams all together. And whenever we played together, we kind of just had that chemistry. And I mean, Tails is marmite. You either love him or hate him. Okay. Um, he has that kind of aura about him. But he was a good centre-off. Yeah. Uh, he put his body on the line. Uh, technically, like myself, wasn't gifted. But he just had that never-say-die attitude that um, yeah. would literally... He just put himself in front of balls and block shots and things like that. And I, I love him of as a mate as well. So yeah. I had to stick him in. He was one of the, the one mate that I probably stuck in. <laughs> and then I played a Jonathan Woodgate played a reserve game when he was coming back from a long term injury. And he yeah. only I only played twenty minutes with him. He played the first twenty minutes and it was probably the most educated twenty minutes I've ever came across. Really? Like yeah. playing alongside another centre off. He was it's similar to similar to what sort of like Hobbs in a way that Woody should have played a hell of a lot more games than he did. And when he yeah. did play, it was a reason why he ended up at Real Madrid. You know, yeah. he was he was best centre-half I ever played with. Yeah, I was going to ask on,
0: on that, Rambo, yeah. So like you say, you, you didn't play with him much, but you know, obviously he made an impression on you. Like, what, what made what made him so good? Because listen, obviously, I, I, think, I think personally from watching him, you know, when I was younger, watching him grow up, I think he was probably one of the best center arts around. You know, you don't go to, like you said, you don't go to Real Madrid if you're not top-notch. But in that sort of 20 minutes or them, you know, them training sessions, what, what, made, what stuck out what made him so good? He
1: was literally,
0: he was just so
1: calm on the ball. Um, he never got beat 1v1. Like, i seen Craig Bellamy try to, like, roast him. And Bellas was as quick as I've ever come across in terms of yeah, he was And Woody it, yeah. would just push him aside. He just had this gliding presence across the field that never, even when he was out of position... He somehow managed to get there. Um, and I believe we would have, like, Castle suffered when they left. He never really replaced him. Yeah. He, was, um, he was a massive presence in the dressing room, one of the funniest footballers I've ever come across. I mean, he was a practical joker. But mm. he never, like, we were in the reserves and coming through. And he used to spend most of his time sitting in with us, taking the mick, planning yeah. pranks, things like that. Yeah. But then when he goes out on the field, he was a total, it was like jekyll and hyde. He yeah, was so, yeah. just such, such an a like, presence about him that, for me, as a young kid coming through, was great to watch him. I mean, yeah. he suffered from injuries as well at Newcastle. Yeah, but when he played, he, he was just incredible. And getting his move to Real Madrid was testament to how good
0: he really was. No, exactly. And just, just quickly on that, just, just quickly, did you see him being a manager? Obviously, he's manager in Middlesbrough now.
1: No, I did not. Nah, didn't no, nah. honestly, never nah. seen Woody. Never thought that Woody would be the manager type. I thought he'd be a coach. His yeah. football—he just loves football, as we yeah. all do. Um, I thought he'd be, you know, an incredible coach because of the—I mean, some of the managers that he's played with and players that he's played with as well. He's bound to have built up this football and knowledge. is almost second to none. But no, yeah. I didn't see him as a manager. But you know, one of my one of my good and close friends is uh, works with the under-18s at Middlesbrough and said he's his attention to detail his sessions are incredible okay. you know he has such a presence about him as a manager as, yeah. similar to as he was as a player, as a player uh, yeah. and I think he'll be, he'll be I mean he's got Robbie Keane in there yeah. who's again, a legend in his own right so I hope he does well at Borough hope they get away from the you know the bottom bottom half of the championship and, and kick on yeah
0: and then, oh, but hopefully that means another derby up there for you, you boys 100% <laughs> right who completes your back three
1: um, the guy who I probably enjoy playing with the most was Damon Delaney. Uh, oh, ah, yeah, Demo, Liam. big demo. Um, the year we what's got promoted... That's good, a
0: good-looking good geezer, by the way, as well? I. I
1: <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I'm a married man, but you know what I mean. I, it was great growing up next, you know. We had a, we had a connection because we were QPR together. So yeah. We had a year at QPR and it was my first time away from uh, from the northeast. I moved down to the big smoke, and I was homesick and proper homesick. And Dave he lived in Chiswick, so he took yeah. me under his wing, which was a brilliant, you know, brilliant wing to be under. Of course, uh, of showed course. me the bright of lights and sights in London. But then when we moved to Palace, um, we were both we both went to Palace almost like not wanted. You know, I'd just come off the back of leaving QPR. Um, I'd had six months at Birmingham, didn't get offered a contract there. Damo was like at Ipswich, got released at Ipswich. No, nobody wanted us, but Dougie kind of seen something in the pair of us and thought, just too good on pros. Yeah. And um, we just gelled on the pitch. We just kind of had this chemistry of knowing where each other was. He was obviously left-footed, I was right-footed. We complimented each other in that respect. And, you know, it came to... So the guy who was in front of us, um, we'll go on to later, kind of just got this spine, the Palace there, yeah. almost got us promoted. Um, and Demo then, you know, had the, uh, the fairy tales of all careers towards the end. Like once he hit 30, I think is when he, he really flourished, got into yeah. the Prem. And, you know, stayed the mainstay of, of Palace's back line for, for five, six years and consolidated yeah. them in the, in the Premier League. And, he ain't a bad player if you can do that. It's 32 going on to 37, so. Yeah, no, and I think like, like like
0: like you said there, I think for anyone, uh, doesn't matter what position, uh, especially outfield, you know, to play, uh, um, you know, in the Premier League till you're sort of 36, 37 week in week out, um, you know, says says a lot about him. So that's a yeah, good solid start to your team. Great back three. Probably the only surprise is probably that i um, I got through all the defenders about having a sip of my uh, red wine, to be fair. So I'm probably going to have one. <laughs> and, uh, don't, don't, don't laugh at me. Yeah? Don't laugh at me.
1: <laughs> uh, right. To be fair, mate, it's 12.15 here. I'm just about to crack a moment as well
0: when I get off the hoop. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Right. Here we go, then. Midfield time. Uh, I'll leave it down to you, uh, the way you're going to go through. And obviously, start with your holding midfielder. I think you just mentioned, you didn't mention his name, but you mentioned yeah. him there. So, the best, he wasn't the best I've played with in
1: terms I was, of... I, mean, I was going to say, sports. I was going
0: to say, because in order to fit this man in, you have left out the likes of, and I was having a little think about Scotty it earlier. Scotty Parker. Scotty Parker, Nicky Butt, um, yeah, to name, to name but a few.
1: Yeah, and that was a tough one because Scotty, when he came from Newcastle, was um, a proper captain. Yeah, like, he led by example. He was—it was—it was, it was it really was a tough one to pick to leave out um, yeah. in terms of that role. Uh, I'll The geezer to the right of the fellow I'm just about to mention—I've um, got him in for a reason—and Scotty was the one that kind of missed out on that. But yeah, you know, I left Nicky but out Scotty, Emery, uh, Lee Boyer. And you know, right. oh, a few players that wow. I've played with, you know, Newcastle, in particular Newcastle, Sean Derry in
0: yeah. QPR,
1: yeah. an incredible and midfield player. But this geezer, Mile Jedna, was just head and shoulders above them all for me. Yeah, um, yeah. Me, Damo, and him had that little triangle base for the year we got promoted. And um, Mile was just an absolute man mountain. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him. And oh. he was just. He kind of like it was weird because same as like I said about Shea, Mele could win you a game without actually doing anything. He could just scare the life out of uh, the opposition's attacks, nullify everything, and just play the ball off to Wilf, lay it off to Yala and start the attacks and let yeah. them go and win games. But for them to win games, you you needed Mele, and Mele was just the best. I mean, I played under Alan Shearer, who was one of the best captains. But for me as a captain, Mele was the best to get. The best out of everybody else, not just of yeah. himself. Not himself. Like I said, yeah. me and Damo were, were unwanted. You know, nobody wanted us. Meley made us look good. Yeah. He, just, he was just a presence in front of us where, you know, if we won a header and Melee was there to knock it down, you know, he was just... Um, and technically, I mean, his range of passing was as good yeah. as them, uh, as good as I've come across. And again, a reason why him into his 30s went on and had a, an unbelievable Premier League career. Yeah. Um, you know I remember the goals against Liverpool the free kicks yeah. uh, he would come up with big goals at big moments in time so he wasn't just one of the best holding midfield players I come across he was one of the best midfield players because he would chip in with goals at, at crucial times yeah. and like I said before he was just the, the kind of guy who would get the best out of everybody else in that dressing room um, and he would literally rule it and whatever he said went like I said yeah. you wouldn't want to get on the wrong end of him um, yeah. so He's my, he's my number six.
0: Perfect. Right. Go on, I'll let you continue then. You can, um, I've got them all down, so yeah. you tell me where we're going next. Two geezers
1: either side of them. Um, one of them was, had a big influence on me on his career, and he was a, a hell of a player as well, Kieran Dyer. Okay. I mean, again, similar to more Marmite, but Kieran was just... Um, when I was coming through at Newcastle, again, somebody who suffered through injuries, but was always there for me. Yeah. I mean, he, he would literally test you mentally and physically. he Would test you, um, like Belazik. I could see them. I've seen them bully kids into making like grown men cry. But yeah. I, I somehow struck up a relationship with him, yeah. And he was really good for me coming through. But then on the field, he was just a good player. He was yeah. just a really really good player. Something different. Somebody could carry the ball. They Didn't have a great passing range, but yeah. in terms of carrying the ball. He could get you up the fields with his pace. Yeah. He chipped in with some really important goals. Um, especially when Alan was coming to the tail end of his career, Kewen kind of played a supporting role um, yeah. behind him. And he was, just, he was just one of those players who would um, somehow get through a game without looking like he's done anything. Yeah. But he was somebody who would just come up with a bigger moment uh, the big state, on the big stage. Um, and he was versatile as well. You know, he played yeah, right back, yeah. played centre midfield, yeah. played up top, played on the wing, played left wing, right wing, and he was good in every position. Yeah. He, was not a, he didn't really have a weak spot in terms of when you stuck him elsewhere. Okay. Uh, so he was, he was one of the players who had a big um, big imprint on me. And the other one was Paddy McCourt. Um, okay. Paddy's probably one of the singly most gifted footballers I've ever seen. I mean, some see of the now, goals... See, now, that,
0: that's, that's, that's crazy, right? Because... Obviously, myself, I, I've heard plenty. I don't know Paddy personally, but I've heard plenty of stories about him through other mutual friends and stuff. And literally, everyone says like, what, like, how good he was and stuff. So this will be an interesting one for the the fans and the viewers listening. That you know, that is a big compliment. To the fact that he, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not doubting that he was a fantastic player, but that's an amazing compliment that he's he managed to find himself into this team. And it really like, so obviously, yeah, continue I- what you're going to say, but I just thought I'd mention that because you know. In the football world, it's well, well renowned how good he was. But you know, obviously, for, for the viewers at home who we were thinking, "Well, some, some guys got in there. Who, they might not have even necessarily heard of," you know. So how good was yeah. it uh,
1: He was unbelievable. I mean, I had him. At, we were at Barnsley together, and he was in and out of the team. He wasn't. I, it, it was a tough environment for him to really showcase his talents. But he scored a goal against Nottingham Forest where he literally dribbled past the whole team and scored. And he could do that. Paddy was like that. We played Brighton away, and he won the game single-handedly. Just yeah. single performances showed how good this, this geezer was. And, yeah. you know, he was—he uh, loved a glass of red as well. We lived around the corner from him. <laughs>
0: heard, so heard, he, would, heard. he
1: would tell us, like, stories of literally his nights at Celtic. I mean, Celtic's probably where he's best known. Yeah. Um, And some of the goals, if, if guys just want to watch some player play, this is the one to watch. He was he was incredible. Some of the stuff he was doing training, you just you could literally give him the ball and he'd go and score a goal. And he was wasn't the most dedicated of professionals, and that's why I think you know he's a sim- somebody similar to yourself, Rundog. You know he loved, the glass say, I loved I a glass say, of red.
0: What about what about if we worked on it? Obviously, like maybe we have half a game each, me and him. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah,
1: yeah. I will give, give you the last ten, mate. When no, he's you tired. Know what? To be fair, he can, he
0: can, uh, As long as I can do the first half, so i can get in the bath for the second half,
1: mate. Yeah, but he literally was. <laughs> Honestly, mate, he was. He was probably the most gifted football I've ever come across, and it's an absolute crying shame that he wasn't like a world superstar because really? his talent. That good, yeah. Yeah, that good. I, I, I personally believe it. Um, yeah. you know, watching him.
0: And nah, then, listen. To be to you know, be honest, he, other people, other people I've spoke to, like obviously know, my good pal Simon Ferry, who grew up with him at Celtic, said exactly the same, like, you know, that he's, yeah, like, you know, you know he doesn't understand why he didn't even, um, didn't make it to the and very I top, don't, you
1: know what I mean? I don't, mate, he should have played in the Premier League, he should have yeah. played at the highest on the football, um, you know, I don't know, again, I don't know why he didn't, um, yeah. there's obviously a reason why, Yeah. Um, but for me, his talent deserved to be at the, you know, the world stage, and key for me was like I said to get in to get in the team and not put the likes of Scott to be fair Scotty would have been in it if it wasn't for Paddy. Yeah um, but so a, away away, away games you could probably
0: put Scotty in there
1: then the home games play play Paddy. Correct <laughs> Correct. You know oh yeah but I mean Paddy was um, he was just a brilliant footballer.
0: Yeah. That's great stuff. But right, then i have got to mid- go on you- What's that? Go on now. Right, that's your midfield three sorted. Why players?
1: Why I had to get this fella in. I had to get him in somewhere. Alberto Solano. Um, yeah. How good? Probably, you know, I talked about Paddy being the most gifted footballer. This guy was the best football I've ever played with. He was absolute joke. It really? was just a disgrace. He only played with one leg. He was like Juan Sebastian Veron. He only had a right <laughs> foot, mate. Really? And he yeah, didn't outside of, the, yeah, outside
0: of the peg, though,
1: right? Oh, geez, I played. It was against um, Everton at home. He won and he scored both the goals. One of the goals was the outside, his right foot. And I, yeah, I still I to this really. day don't know how the trajectory got it to there because he literally started at the corner flag and brought it back in. He was an absolute disgrace. He was um, he had no pace about him, but you couldn't get anywhere near him. His, he, you know, you talk about Giza being like half a yard quicker upstairs, but yeah. he was two, three passes ahead. Yeah. And he was literally, some of the... Some of the balls that he would deliver in for Big Al and Duncan Ferguson at the time, and balls that he would slide Craig Bellamy through, or you know, he was just—he was just a naturally gifted footballer. That was—I yeah. mean, he played with Maradona at, at Boca Juniors. Oh, did he win really, um, yeah? yeah, he, he got—he's got a great pick of him and Maradona, and it, it's no like you—you you know where he gets it from. Yeah, you know what course. I mean? Like you know, you understand his footballing brain where it's come from when he, you know—when you, he talks about. Uh, when he talks about his times with Maradona and that. And he was, again, there was a time when he was at Newcastle where he should have he should have left. You know, Man United were after him, Real Madrid yeah. were after him. But he stayed loyal to the Jories, which was great for us. Yeah. Um, I was going to
0: ask was, that because, like, what, what he must have obviously been well liked up there, you know, like on and off the pitch, because you say um, <laughs> it's probably pretty rare. I know, obviously, he had a spree and stuff. I think, what was he, Peruvian, wasn't he? Probably. Peruvian, yeah. He's a Peruvian national. I think he works for the national team now. I think he's the assistant okay. manager at the national cool. team. What What was he like off the pitch then? He must have obviously, I mean, know, must, uh, must have seen something he like up there in Jordan.
1: then. Mate, he loved it. He absolutely <laughs> loved it. I think he's yeah. even married a George last now, if I'm honest okay. with you. I think I that last year. But he was, um, he loved a glass of red wine as well. It seems to be a running theme. we the <laughs> so yeah. yeah right? good, you're gonna, you're, you'll be able
0: to have a good Christmas though on this, uh, on this, uh, in
1: this Oh, group. 100% with this group, mate. But now nah, he was... Um, he used to have like he used to have barbecues. He had this massive house in the middle of Jesmond, and he used to have his barbecues. He'd get his like his mates around and cook like uh, South American food, and so he, he, just, he loved it, loved the beer. But he was like whilst he all he loved to party and, and have fun off the field. But again, similar to Woody, when he crossed the white line, would not not matter. He was just yeah, when it wouldn't matter exactly. He just became a different beast, um, and he again, me a young guy coming through. I was right back coming through. And he was right wing. And he was just like, just give me the ball. Give me yeah. the ball and run around me. And that was literally all I did for like two years. We just gave him the ball. And he would literally do everything for me.
0: Perfect, perfect. That sounds like a good guy as well off the pitch. Good stuff, right. Other, other side, other flank. Who's your last... Who's your last player, for, you uh, last player? player? Again.
1: Yeah, again, I had, there's one player that I had to get in. Um was Wilf, Wilfred Zaha? Yeah. Um, you know, i have a see the year again. we got promoted. talk about Meley Mele just used to give Will the ball and would just sit back and watch him go and do his stuff. Yeah. I mean, he would he would just conjure something out of nothing. You could try and double team him. He'd find a way out. Um, yeah. I mean, at the time that I played with him, it was like 2012, 13, it was still raw talent. Yeah. But it was raw talent that literally was incredible to watch. Um, yeah. Watch him develop now and see him become you know, almost a super, Star, yeah. uh, you know, I think he is a player that I believe will will make the move in the summer to one of the big boys. And I yeah, think I, was going, I was just going
0: to I was just going to bring you up to there, uh, Ram. I was going to ask you because that's my question I got down for for, for Wilf. Um, obviously it didn't work out for him at United. That you know, listen, that might have been for various reasons. It might have been because it was too too early for him to go and stuff. And you know, listen, a lot. Of, you know, the big debate down here is probably, you know, not necessarily because of the Man United thing, but you know, is he the type of player that can go and and, and play? in the top six side because, you know, I think you see him at Palace, he's, he's Palace's main man. I think he gets of their goal uh, that, you know, makes things happen for them. Probably kept him up on his own, to be honest, over the last maybe two or three yeah. seasons. But um, in terms of your opinion, having played with him, I know it was a while ago and, it was, you know, like you said, it was when he was still a little bit raw and stuff. But, you know, it sounded like you're already probably going to start answering the question there. But, yeah, do you think he is capable of playing at like a top, top club?
1: Yeah, I do. I really do. I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. Um, I think the reason it didn't work out at Man United was because Fergie weren't there mm. you know he, he literally Ferguson signed him and I think he was Ferguson's last signing but then left in the summer and David Moyes took over and yeah, I think Wilf but, you know what?
0: people probably actually forget that don't they really actually thinking about it Yeah. And, well, and you think as well that it's not many times uh, don't get me wrong Ferguson got it wrong with some foreign boys coming over you know like uh, South American and stuff like that but you know Ferguson didn't, uh, didn't often get it wrong with young English players did it?
1: No, he didn't. And I think Wilf needed somebody like him. Yeah. You know, obviously it was a lot going on when he did eventually go up there with a new manager going in, new coaching staff, um, somebody with new ideas. Whereas if he'd been there with Fergie, yeah. I think the players that were around him at the time would have been able to help Wilf settle more. Yeah. And I think, I honestly believe Wilf would have been a, a superstar. And yeah. I think he would have been playing for England and not Ivory Coast if, if Ferguson had still been there. Um, yeah. I think that change of management killed him yeah. um, he didn't feel wanted didn't feel loved like he, probably, like he needed and he was so young you got to remember Wilford I think was 19 or 20 when he went to Man United and yeah. I think it was it was the right time for him to go to a big club like that but when the manager has got his own you know problems and issues going on in terms of you know trying to find his way in, in, into a new club the last thing he's going to want to think about is Wilford Zaha and I think that suffered for him but yeah you know, fast forward in six, seven years now, and I think Wolf is ready to make that step. I think he yeah. has been for the last few years. I think this summer, whilst it pains me to say it, I think Palace will lose him. Yeah. I think for himself, he's got to try and go And This is optimum time. I think he's 27 now. He's yeah. 28. He's come to the primary career, and if he's not going to do it, then I can't see him leaving Palace, and I think it would be a crying shame that somebody of his, his ability isn't. Now, I love Palace to be able to be up there and challenging, yeah. but for Wilf himself, I think he needs to needs to make that next step. Yeah,
0: no, of course, yeah. I think, um, like I said, I think he's probably close to going uh, last summer, wasn't he? So yeah, it'd be, it'd be a big surprise. It's
1: interesting to see. see where he goes because, it, it, like, I don't know where what kind of system will suit him.
0: Yeah. you
1: know, like you're looking at the clubs nowadays, and uh, they have the wide players, and I don't know where he would go. I, I, everybody had obviously has his close links and strong ties to Arsenal. I mm. can see him fitting in there. Um, but I, I, you know, there's a lot of talk of obviously Chelsea. Can't see him fitting in at Chelsea. No.
0: City,
1: City would be interesting, but then I don't know if they've got the room for him. No. So seeing where he goes, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Wilf maybe venturing, you know, over the pond and to Europe, uh, to one of the big boys over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Maybe, especially with, maybe you know, with what's going on in the world at the moment with the coronavirus and stuff, that might might affect it in terms of the timing and stuff. Might Depending on what's going to go well, on with the fixtures and stuff. So I no, Yeah, cool. I right. know. It'll be interesting. Right, fun two time now. Leave your obvious one till last, I think, because I think even I, I think he was the only one that I knew was definitely going to be in there. So we'll, we'll save the uh, we'll save the big man till last. Um, who's gonna who's gonna uh, who's gonna partner? Partner him
1: with the team I've got. You know, I need two kind of target men, um, yeah. and I've gone for Glenn Murray uh, as the first one. Yeah. Um I mean, Glenn's just one of my closest mates in football. Um, yeah. But again, similar to Mele, similar to, to Damo. Um, you know, probably somebody who's talent-wise isn't up there with the with the best, but as a goal scorer, I mean, again, that season, it was just everything he hit went in. Um, and it was just a crying shame that the season he had, um, he got injured in the semi-final against Brighton in the first leg and didn't get to make his... You know, appearance at Wembley, because if anybody deserved to, to be on that pitch uh, against Watford that day, it was Glenn. I mean, 30-odd goals in the championship season um, yeah. was you know remarkable in the Palace team that we had. But he had a lot more to him than that. You know, yeah. I, That front three of him, Yala and Will, I don't think Will and Yala would have benefited um, if they hadn't had the type of player that Glenn was. Um, yeah. Stick the ball in the box for for hit or stick the ball up to him he brought them into play. Yeah. So he was just a, a really, really good target man. Um, but he worked his socks off as well. I mean, we had a workman-like team. And, you know, you talk about defending from the front. And he epitomised that. You know, I yeah. don't think there's it's a tenner off that it's come up against them that has said that they had an easy day. Um, yeah. Even now at 37, going on nearly 38, the old man's still doing it in the prem, even though, it, you know, he's a bit part player of Brighton. He's still producing the goods. And, uh, again, that's a testament to, to how he was as a player and how he is as a professional so
0: yeah was I was going you know, to ask, least... ask on that was, was, Is that a coincidence that you know, he, he, I'm, I'm sure it's not, Like I'm guessing he was obviously very professional he's obviously you know he's reaping with rewards now and still playing at that age.
1: Yeah, it's not I mean I speak to him regularly like I do yourself, and he's always um he's always leaving somewhere to yeah. keep his body in shape. You know the injury really, um, really affected him. He never had any pace in the, in the, uh, in the first nice. while. But he was, um, he was suddenly like, Al that kind of um, redefined himself as a forward. Became even more of a target man. But he had yeah. a lot more to him, Glenn. And, and and I think it is how he's able to have longevity in football is because of the way he's looked after himself off the field. Um, yeah. And it's testament, like I said, to to how he does, how he has done that, as to why he's become, you know, still a Premier League player at 37 years old.
0: Yeah, no, of course, and as well. I think when I was looking in, you know, obviously I've looked at his career before, and I think he he done it the hard way as well, didn't he? Come through like I think yeah. a bit of non-league action there, and yeah, he, listen, probably non-league, probably probably different to uh, everyone else in your in your team here. He's, he's he's sort of done it the hard way, didn't he? That's we should imagine others were you know raised about as youngsters and have come through, at, you know, the top clubs probably.
1: Yeah, and most of them, I mean, he had a. Yeah, he did. He had a tough paper, round. he was out here in America, you know, which I don't yeah. know if a lot of people know. He was over, he was over here at um, I think when he left university, it's 17, 18 year old. He had a, a year or two out here, went back, managed to get in at uh, Carlisle or Rochdale, won a you know like a lower league club, and yeah, built his way up through Brighton, um, first period, then Palace, and then going back, uh, Bournemouth and Brighton. So he's he's done it. He has done it the hard way against Some of had probably demo you know, the twilight or the second half of his career is where he's really yeah, flourished. Uh, yes, yeah, and, that, I think, yeah. and I think, to be fair, to be honest, mate, I think that upbringing has helped him have the career he's had in the Premier League at the second half of his career because, you know, I, the target man's kind of going out of the game. Yeah. Or he was going out of the game. And But when you need a ball put in the box, he's somebody that just thrives on that. And, you know, again, we at Palace found found a way to be able to get the, the best out of that front three that complement each other. And uh, and, I, and I think Mother's upbringing, you know, helped the likes of Wilf and Yala, but also helped himself.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Right. Right, it's time then. So, I'm sure everyone probably knows who it's going to be. Who is partnering him up, up upstairs, up front?
1: Yeah, it's got to be the big man, in it? Big Alan Shearer. Big Al. You'd be Al. the captain of the team as well. I'd, I'd yeah. love to have a little... Uh, Love to see a of a wrestle between Melee and him for the cap. He exactly took the
0: words out of my mouth. I was going to say, uh, I'm sure a <laughs> between them two. But yeah, so so there, like I, seriously, I played with Oh Obviously, I'll, I'll spoke I'll with with person, I spoke I spoke to you personally. I spoke to you personally. I spoke to you personally about it and stuff. Like obviously, for just for the people listening and, uh, and stuff, I'm sure you've probably done interviews in the past. But for people who haven't heard it, like how good really was it?
1: Um. For me, he's the best number nine, best centre forward. That's um, still even now that you know I put him in the original Ronaldo in the same bracket because they could, just, they were just centre forwards that just wanted to score goals, could score all kind of goals. Um, Al was phenomenal. I mean, I played with him his last two, three years of his career, and he was still scoring 20, 30 goals a season. Um, a 34, 35 year old, and he reinvented himself after the injuries that he had earlier in his career. But he was still the best. You know, yeah. you put that ball into him, he never lost it. I mean, he wasn't even six foot, and he would out jump the tallest of centre halves. He was just an absolute monster, um, and the best centre forward. Like I said, even at the the very end of his career, was still the best that I've played with. I mean, the amount of times that you know I'd stick a ball that maybe a foot away from him. He would manage to get there, you know. Yeah. Something totally the opposite from you, mate. You miss you by a yard, and it's gone. Ground for <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah, hit your feet, but you could hit, you could miss Alan. He would still somehow manage to find it. Um, you put the ball in the box, and he would get on the end of it. And training against him was a like I talked about, you know. Woody being one of the best educations, he was probably the best because. Yeah. Trained how he played. Um, he wouldn't let you have a day off. If you didn't go in for a tackle with him, he would literally slaughter you. Yeah. Like, he wanted yeah. you to go through the back of him. He wanted yeah. you to try and two-foot him. He wanted you to throw elbows if you were going up for a, like a goal kick, if you were doing a, like an in-house 11 v 11. Yeah. He wanted to train uh, the way that you played, and he would make sure that he let you know if you were slacking or if you didn't do that. And then to go off of that with off the field, Again, I don't know if I had like the Jordy connection, but he took me under his wing. Yeah. Um, Big golfer, big golf fan, and
0: yeah, obviously been one of ask. Like I-, like I remember you saying about like literally, Harry like Harry run the club like uh like yeah like how, how was it literally to the point where everything went through him?
1: Everything went through him. Like <laughs> there wasn't and there wasn't a decision that didn't go through him. You know, I bet I bet he made off the signings. You know what I mean? Because everything seemed to compliment him, but. Uh, I mean, he he was, when before Bobby Robson came in, he was literally going out the door. You know, he'd, obviously he'd had like a lot of issues with Ruhula previously. Yeah. Um, and he, Bobby, came in and just let him play. And I yeah. think the Bobby obviously, and as well-known, probably saved Al's Newcastle career. Yeah. Uh, it would have been interesting to see how, Al would have probably left and gone on to, like a bigger club and won more yeah. trophies but he, he was just a Geordie born and bred and, and I yeah. think the fact that he's got the record goal scoring uh, goals in the club yeah. means probably more to him than a medal yeah, which is yeah, strange to say Yeah I but
0: think even, probably, even, when, even when you watch his interviews and stuff he, he, he says he doesn't have no regrets he? So
1: Yeah and I think he was just like he won the Premier League at Blackburn he yeah. got all these England caps you know he, he, yeah it probably hurts him that he never won anything as in Newcastle fans as in yeah. all Newcastle fans for the last pretty really, 60 years but yeah. I'll like, just want to pull that black and white shirt on with a number nine on the back that's all he wanted to do and every time he put it on he wanted to score he wanted yeah. to win games he wanted to win trophies by winning games by scoring goals it just you know it's a cry and shame that he didn't do that because if anybody in a black and white jersey deserved to to win something it was him
0: it was him yeah and yeah so you mentioned um, you mentioned golf uh, and cheer uh, Please, 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 please tell us tell the story about when when he invited you up to a golf
1: competition. Oh man, yeah, we, um not We went a lot We went up to Scotland. So we um, he pulled you in training. Did he? he pulled you in training? Pulled me in training. Obviously, like I was a golfer, and have been for for a long time. Like, even when yeah. I was a kid, growing up, I was a golfer, and he uh, knew that Steve Harper was a big golfer. Knew that I was a golfer. Didn't really know how good I was. Um, but yeah, I was obviously could hold myself. So after training, he just said we had the day off. The next day, it was a Wednesday, I think it was some night. He said, uh, seven o'clock, be at my house. I was like, right, why? You know, I'm going for a game of golf. So, fucking hell, Al, seven o'clock's a bit early. But now I'll explain why. So I literally got to his house. Took me half an hour to get up his drive. But got into his, <laughs> got into his house and literally had this unbelievable, like massive back garden so I was sitting there like he's missing bacon sandwich cup of tea half seven just this massive noise was like going on helicopter lands in his back garden Mike Cologne's <laughs> in the front seat and there was eight of us up to Loch Lomond go on the way up to Loch Loman. so <laughs> oh he literally my. jumped in the chopper jumped in the chopper I mean I'm 19 year old you know I'm getting in a chopper with Alan Shearer I'm getting in with Mike Lowen, Steve Harper Shea Given to name it, a few of them and yeah we literally went up played Loch Loman in the morning Took the money and oh. then uh, went. To, they literally jumped in the chopper, got a bit of lunch, stopped off for a bit of lunch, jumped in the chopper again, went to the next course, had thirty six holes, then literally got in the chopper and flew back down to Newcastle. Castle. So I was like you know when you're just you're in the total, total wrong world. <laughs> I was just couldn't be further from your comfort zone, but absolutely loving every minute of being in this chopper with these geezers who are literally world superstars. But yeah, and, I and took you the didn't, money for the money. Around. And you what? Sorry? And I nicked all of them that. And you nicked to of be money, fair, right? I nicked all the money. But yeah, but we played. If you won, then you had to pay for the, like the food. So literally, I came back out of pocket because <laughs> they were literally it was like living, in the, uh, eating from a king's feast. There was lobsters getting thrown out and all sorts. But to be fair, like he was that was just like Al. He was always made sure that everybody was everybody was all right. You know, yeah. if, uh we would go when we went to we went to Dubai a couple of times. And uh again I was a young kid, not earning enough like a lot of dough. But he would make sure that, you know, I went for nothing. Yeah. Um always helped me out, and things like that. And then still speak to him every now and then. Uh, you know, I hadn't seen him in a while, but yeah. You know, you'd be one that if there was a game of golf going and you rang him up, he'd go and have a game of golf with you.
0: Yeah, no, it's a different class, mate, honestly. That that story's uh Oh, it's absolutely class. Imagine you are sitting in his gaff having a bacon roll, and you're worried about making. You're probably worried about making your tea time, and the next thing. <laughs>
1: exactly, well, that's what I was saying. I was like, you wouldn't say where we're playing, and then all of a sudden you just see a Michael's chopper just landing, or seeing Michael's <laughs> chopper landing in the background. Oh, listen, like, mate,
0: that's nah, nah, it's, that's, nice. you know, it's uh, amazing, amazing. Right, listen, that concludes your team. He's captain. The team, obviously, I'll get it all up and right and stuff and I'll post it on Instagram and Twitter for all the followers to see. Uh, absolutely fantastic team. And, uh yeah, like I say, thanks for going through that with you. Before I let you go, Rambo, I'm just going to uh, ask a few questions um, before, before I let you leave. Obviously, the real main reason I've done this uh, podcast, is something I wanted to do for a little while anyway, but the timing's ended up perfect now Everyone's sitting indoors bored, you know, mainly to, you know, stop people getting so bored indoors and give them something to watch, but also... Just for the you know any young aspiring footballers out there, whether they're at academies, pro clubs, or the, you know they're not quite where they need to be at the moment, just just you know for them to listen to a few stories and you know, get some advice on things and stuff, and yeah, just basically just something some material for them to to get them through you know this time while there's uh, no sport on. And uh, so yeah, first question: we spoke about a lot, a lot of players you played with there. Uh, what about the players you played against? Who would you say? So if I was to say. Maybe name the centre forward who you come up, you know, directly up against centre forward wise, and then obviously maybe just name someone who just stuck out, you know, whether it be a midfield player or whoever. Really
1: after yeah. that, yeah. um, fair. Probably one of the, the toughest. I mean, I made me I mean, like my Premier League debut we against Man United at the Mark Giggs, okay. and that was just like he was just running rings around me. I mean, I managed to hold me on. But he was just an incredible winger. Yeah. But the two yeah. that probably centre-forwards-wise was Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Um, he was just, again, similar to Al. He was just a monster in terms of all-around centre-forward player Was could hold it up. I mean, he's not the tallest, but he could hold it up. He could run in behind, scores left foot, right foot, headers, volleys, overhead kicks. For me, he's one of the best British players that's graced the Premier League. Um, and the other one was Thierry Henry. Yeah. Uh, we beat Arsenal 1-0. But he was over, I was playing right back and he was just gravitating to the left as he does. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, when you're just thinking, nah, give me a rest. Listen, mate. to be fair, I don't think
0: that's anything personal. You
1: used to do that quite a lot. You used to do that. <laughs> but, you know, when you do something nah geez, you're a centre forward, mate. Just stay in the middle, mate. Just terrorise one of them. But he was... Um, I played a couple of times against Arsenal and he was... You know, when you just you look at somebody and you think, wow, this is like... That's Thierry Henry. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you shouldn't be on the same field as these kind of players. But he was... <laughs> he was unbelievable. But one of the best I've ever come across was Paul Scholes. Um, yeah. I, you know when you're, just, you're on the same pitch as somebody and you just think, wow. Like, yeah. they, he's like... He's on it... You talk about next level and he is yeah. on the next level. It yeah. was... Um, He was incredible. Uh, I mean, again, I could go on and on, like Steven Gerrard, Javi Alonso, players like that. But I mean, like the two centre forwards and then Paul Scholes, um, probably the three. I mean, when I was growing up and watching, like watching football in the stands, they were three players that. uh, Well, not so much Rooney, obviously, play, but like against them, but Thierry Henry in the nineties, Paul Scholes in the nineties, were just players that who I. Who I admired and who I loved playing with and or watching and so and then going against playing against them was just, you know, it was great for me.
0: Yeah, no, of course, of course, and um, yeah. So you actually put a couple uh, a bench together, but well, we haven't got time to go through all of them. The one I do want to stick, the one I do want to pick out of your, we spoke about most of them probably on on that on that substitute bench anyway. So t- we'll we we'll speak about two of them. Uh, first one, Tarabat. How good! Oh,
1: mate, yeah. what a player. Again, similar to Paddy McCourt, Adele was a joke. The year that QBR got promoted, I mean, he was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, there's a goal he scores against Swansea where yeah. he nutmegs Joe Allen and it's a disgrace. And yeah. He literally nutmegs him and then sticks it in the top corner for about 25, 30 yards. Right. I mean, Adele, again, up there with Paddy, was probably yeah. the most, one of the most naturally gifted footballers I've ever come across. But he was just – he had a really bad attitude.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah. see, that's the, that's the reason, fun. Rambo. That's the, re- that's the reason why I wanted to ask about him, to be honest. Because, you know, I've seen myself now, I'm um, doing a bit of work at Welling United with the, um, you know, bringing the youngsters through there, the scholars we have there and stuff, and, you know, sort of a bit of mentoring and stuff like that. And for me, it's like, you know, listen, you can talk to your blue in the face to some of these young players about, you know, the difference in, especially nowadays, even more so, that, how, you know, to have the how big, you know, how key it is to have the right attitude. You know, what you're saying, Someone like a Tarabat or a Paddy McCourt probably had, you know, they've made it into your, you know, your conversations here and your teams here because of their ability. But in terms of, you know, you know, it'd be frightening to think, wouldn't it, what, you know, if they'd have had, like, the attitude of a Scotty Parker, a Nicky Bart or an Alan Shearer, like, you know, you've got to have the whole package, haven't you?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Adele did have that. He, he, just, he just didn't want to work. He didn't want to do the hard yards. He didn't want to do the graft off the field that, that his ability or would make his ability even better. You know, yeah. he, had a, he had a period. And it showed when, you know, QPR got promoted to the Premier League. He couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why Harry Rednapp got rid of him at Tottenham. Couldn't do it. You know, he yeah. had a lovely spell at, at AC Milan where he'd done really well. But then he drifted out of there. And, you know, it's, been, it's only now, when he's probably hit 30, he's starting to come through at Benfica. Um, and we're kind of seeing the off field Sorry the on-field performances are, are are getting better and it's probably because he's getting better on, uh, on the field as off the field as well. Yeah. So it's it's like it's a really big it's it's a big crying shame that he didn't yeah, again no. get to the AT milans and stay there because yeah. but there was a simple reason that he just he was, a, he was he was he was just a poor professional off the field yeah. and it's. I mean what not saying that he was a poor geezer because he was a yeah. really nice fella. He yeah. just didn't want to do the work.
0: Yeah, nice, cool. That's lesson. That's the reason why. That's the reason why I wanted to ask, just because you know, like I say, any young, uh, any of our younger viewers watching this, just to know that as I always bang on about, our importance to have both sides of it. Um, like I say, do as, I, do yeah, as yeah. I say, do as I say, not as I, as I did. <laughs> um, but me, the thing the
1: about it is like on, no, because no, the thing, the thing that was annoying me was because I was never the most technically gifted, or, or you know, oh, shit. one of the one of the better players, or, or even to some of my i a good player but I worked grafting me nuts off every single day grafting me yeah. nuts off like, yeah. on the field off the field to try and get to with the career that I had yeah. and when you see somebody as technically gifted as him kind of thrown away that career yeah. it makes it even more frustrated yeah. because you think Jesus I, if I had half of his ability with yeah. my attitude yeah. then I, I'd have been I'd have been a top class but yeah
0: is what it is, but now listen. I've got to say, though, Rambo, you, know, like you mentioned it. Yeah, you, you're, very, you're a modest guy. You're putting yourself, uh, you know, you're putting yourself down a bit there. At the end of the day, you're saying that you shouldn't have been on the pitch, uh, same pitch as some of these players and stuff like that. At the end of the day, mate, you was, and uh, you know, it's credit to you. Uh, listen, certainly one of the, you know, one of the best pros I ever played with in terms, of, especially in terms of the way you applied yourself. A shame I didn't uh, bump into you a little bit earlier on in my career. <laughs> well, okay, listen, <laughs> okay. before we go, so last, uh, so another question for you. We spoke about uh, no, sorry, uh, yeah. And for the future, obviously, you know, we know, like, little plug for Phoenix Rising. You, you're over there now. You're a first team coach. Obviously, every time I speak to you, you say how much you're enjoying it and stuff. Uh, that's great. Last time I spoke to you, or sorry, long when I was out there, when I spoke to you, um, you mentioned that you know coaching intro, coaching was uh, you know more. You was you was more inclined to be a coach than a manager. Uh, obviously, that's what you're yeah. doing at the minute. Uh, you're, you're a coach and uh, you know, you, you're really enjoying it and stuff. Is that still the case? Coaching over management?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. We've, um, I mean, you know what it's like out here in Phoenix. It's um, it's a work in progress. Every year is uh, another building block getting put on to, to hopefully becoming an MLS club. And um, I mean, I'm enjoying it. We've got a lot going on. I'm hopefully going to get involved with the youth. We're, we've just been literally given like the academy status, which is okay. huge for us and huge yeah. for, for Arizona. So I'm hoping to get involved in that as well and kind of being a bridge between the two because I think there's something here that can can really take off. Again, you know what the area is like and and the the atmosphere that the games create on a on a Saturday night, especially dollar beer night. Um, and <laughs> I do see myself being part of that and I'd love to continue being a part of it but you never know in football um, management hasn't really um, been at the forefront of my mind I don't really want to have to deal with the stresses and strains of being a manager however it might be thrust upon me at some point in my career and what I'm doing now is is going to prepare me for that Um, so we'll we'll wait and see it's not not something that I want to do but I'm enjoying coaching and, and coaching and being on the grass and being amongst the boys and things like that is uh, is where I where I see myself in the foreseeable future, anyway.
0: Perfect, mate. Right, another question. As a golf.
1: Oh, mate, it was shocking today. I ain't played. Uh-huh. I played. Uh, no, I was. I, uh, I had. To be fair, we just you can't you can't put in all these. They've got with all this Corona stuff going on. Yeah, you couldn't put in the holes. It's like some of them were temporary greens. No, not temporary greens. Sorry, temporary tee box and things like that. But. I mean, I'm still hitting it a mile. Still hitting it on the pin. It's just <laughs> it's, it's it's not as common as regularly as I like to. But it's lovely. It's starting to get a bit hot out here. I mean, I was I'm sitting in the shade with my jacket on, but I, you know, I I go a couple of feet down there. And I'm I'm going to have to be putting the uh, the old sunblock on to get the sun up my napper. But it's um it's good, <laughs> it's good. Hopefully, get out more in the in the coming weeks.
0: That's it, mate. That's it. Right. Final question. Bit of fun. Um, Obviously, big Geordie, play for Newcastle. But I know you're proud to be English. Obviously, it's uncertain times at the moment, what's going on with, you know, with football. I know the Euros have been cancelled, but would you rather England winning the Euros or Newcastle winning the Premiership?
1: Newcastle win the Premier League, mate.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Straight in, yeah? Newcastle
1: no, no there's not, I, I mean, I, I, I was... I'm as patriotic as an geezer, but nah, mate. Newcastle <laughs> sort of win it, mate. I, I think it was 67 was the last time we won a trophy. or so 67 or 69 was the last time we won a trophy. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, I know the last time England won the World Cup was 66, obviously. But nah, I mean for me, for like a Geordie, just want to see them lift a
0: trophy, mate. So it's yeah. got to be that. Oh, perfect, mate. Listen, Rambo, top man. Lovely speaking to you, mate, and thanks for coming on on onto the show. Hopefully, like you know, uh, we get this one out there. People who would have would have enjoyed it, and you know, if you can obviously recommend it to some other people, I'm sure we can try and get a few of the boys on who, who we played with out there. And listen, my like I say, I'm sure any any young listeners listening today, and sure all the Newcastle and uh, Crystal Palace fans would have enjoyed it. But for me, the main thing is just to do this so people, you know, when they're bored at home, they can listen in and you know listen to class class stories and uh, but exactly like what you just come out with mate so I really really do appreciate your time
1: uh, thanks for having us on Rindog right man mate right I'll press the full-